construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Uh, presented uh, this week again by Adidas. Adidas introduces the Ultimate 365 Tour Heat Apparel and ZG23 Vent Footwear to help golfers handle the heat this season. The collection features a mix of silhouettes for men and women made with heat-ready and no-show technology to keep golfers cool and dry so they can perform at their very best. Both the ZG23 Vent and Ultimate 365 Tour Apparel are available on adidas.ca, the Adidas app, and, of course, retailers worldwide. Um, Quickly, just as we do jump off the... Don't jump! Jump again! (laughs) Where are you jumping to? God, I don't know. (laughs) It's like a habit now. Um, Make sure you're following us across all social media networks. uh, Instagram, X, formerly Twitter. Uh, Facebook, subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And uh, as always, we encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like us, click the notification bell, make sure you never miss a single episode, um, And because uh, stuff happens on the YouTube channel that doesn't happen anywhere it else. This much does. I can tell you is true. You got it. Uh, Scott McLeod. Yeah. Here we are. We're back. Uh, back-to-back weeks. <laughs> Crazy. I know it's Crazy. insane. Well, well, hopefully we keep that consistent throughout the fall. Yes, yes, definitely. We might, yeah. we might have travel one week coming up. We'll get to that. I'll talk to you about that uh, later. More travel. More travel okay. for Scott McLeod. I just okay, don't travel anymore. I don't know. I don't even know where the... I don't travel anywhere. I think Smuggler's Glen's the furthest <laughs> I've traveled away. Hey, well, hey, speaking of which... Speaking of which, the match... Uh, the match is, uh, is happening uh, next Tuesday... At Smuggler's Glen at noon, high noon with teenagers that we have to beat teenagers. Yeah, but see, the the problem is these the teenagers aren't uh, eleven and twelve years old anymore. No, they're not. They're not. um, They're fine, fine players in their own right. Exactly. I I don't feel bad if we have to take them down. You know, nine and eight. I already told I already told my son Brandon, and I'm sure he's related to his friend Shane, who we're we're matching up against there. That it's probably not going to go past sixteen. Nice. I like That's, it. That's uh, sort of what I predicted. This is this how Shane and I are going to start our coaching relationship? <laughs> exactly. You're going to you're going to knock them down a peg. <laughs> make them realize who the alpha male is in the uh, in the coaching uh, group and uh and uh, and I'm going to prove once and for all to my son Brandon that uh, despite the fact that he now. hits it about 40 yards past me now, yeah. um he still can't beat me. There you go. I love Simple it. Look, looking forward to that. That'll be a fun game next week. It, it should be. Yeah, it, we'll have a recap on the podcast. I'm oh, sure. definitely. Well, we, depends. So we better if, win. If we, better we win. Lose, if we lose, it'll be a really short recap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you hear nothing about it next week, you know what happened. Yeah, yeah. You know that we got waxed <laughs> badly. What's going on in the show today, Jim? Well, we got uh, on the front nine. We're obviously going to get caught up on a little bit of the uh, Canadian golf news, including. Yeah. Uh, the conclusion of the uh, Play Junior Golf Tour, um, the uh, the flag, the race to the Flagstick Cup, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, CPK, CPKC Women's Open. We're going to talk about that. Um, plus, we're going to uh, take a trip back out to the Lesson Tee this week uh, with Kevin and Jake Hain. And on the back nine, we're going to get into the PGA Tour Championship, the 30. We'll call yeah, it the 30. The 30 We're yeah. going to get into chat, chat about that. Um, and a little game of over-under. Mm. 
know, we like the games. We like games yeah, on the pod, sure. on the Fly Through podcast. So a little something special in the back nine just to wrap it all up. But obviously, before you get to the back, you got to play the front. And uh, front nine is presented by Metcalf Golf Club, a natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Golf season is more than well underway, but you can still save. Um, get those game packs. Those are the big thing. Get those game packs and be ready to hit the first tee. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to shop for those now. Yeah, All right. We should remind people we're really only eight weeks into summer. I know, isn't it everybody crazy? Sort of, everybody sort of, I'm hitting the microphone here. I'm too excited. Everybody sort of like, thinks that obviously as kids are going back to school, it's the end of summer. No. We got lots of time, folks. There's tons of golf time. left to play. There's probably a good three months um, plus left in, uh, in you know, uh, the golf season. So we can that's a long it. time when you yeah. think about it. But get on it. Get on it so, before it's gone, before you're yeah. crying in your uh, snow shovel. Maybe we won't get any snow this winter at all with this golf right through it all. Oh, we can only hope. We can only hope. Who knows the way the weather's been? Yes. Yeah, who knows? As we're recording sure. the as we're recording this week that the uh it's Thursday, so that means it's probably going to get a thunderstorm or a tornado. <laughs> it's normal that's normal Thursday. Let's play nine later, so hopefully it's not during a tornado. Well, I hope it doesn't uh, I see. hope it doesn't as Just well. Just for my so. sake. Thank you. Appreciate it. Exactly, exactly. So let's uh, let's start things off on the uh, on the front nine with uh and uh, wrap up the uh, flagstick.com PGA of Ottawa Tour Zone Championship, you which was it. hosted at Greensmere this year. Yeah, it was. Which is uh which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, great to see uh, a course like Greensmere hosting such a big event, mm-hmm. a prestigious event, I might add. Um, and, uh, with some excitement to, uh, to wrap that all up this year too, with, uh, with, um, Roger Beal dropping an eagle, mm, an yeah. eagle on the last 20, year, 20 years after he won the zone championship, he came back to win another before he went off to, you know, uh, Barbados and yeah. on to, on yeah. to fame doing all sorts of different things for Barbados, as far as playing in a, uh, world golf championship and all sorts of different things but uh yeah made an eagle on the last hole he'd been back and forth with uh lee curry um for those 36 holes and then uh yeah he he canned along one to win so uh, pretty excited as uh if anybody's seen the trophy shots up on flightstick.com you'll see he was pretty excited about yeah. that and you know all the membership at uh, arena view where he is now uh certainly excited to see that uh that too to um, you know recapture that title and you know you always like to prove you're still a good player, right? And he is, no question about it. And they love him over yeah. there at Rideau View. Um, yeah. You know, he's uh, he's very active uh, as a golf pro over there. So uh, great for Roger Beal. Excited yeah. to see him do that. Um, yeah. And Graham Gunn picked up another senior title. Yep. Shocking. I think that's four <laughs> in a row for this one. And, and I think that's a million and five overall. A million. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, it was a little smaller field. Um you know, a lot of guys are away, different people, uh, you know, off to other events and things like that. So, um, but, you know, otherwise everybody had a great time. And then the uh, the fall championship is up next. So uh, looking forward to Very that. Good. And and then uh, hopefully you have some details as far as any other event beyond that. So we'll see. Like the Ping Challenge Cup. You got it. We'll see. There could yeah. be some really interesting stuff happening with that event this year. We never know. Maybe. Maybe. We never know. Um the uh play junior golf tour yeah um this was fun you know i'm sure that i'm sure chris is uh chris Veltkamp, uh the founder and organizer of the play junior golf tour is kind of excited in some respects to see uh the end of the season it's a very long <laughs> yeah. grueling um 
task of running a tour like this is especially uh, as often as the events take place over the summer um but it all came to fruition at the uh kevin dickey tour championship on the play junior golf tour at uh, cataraqua golf and country club down in kingston down in your neck of the woods there and you were you were there you were there i was there all day and and you know what first off um should say how welcoming Cataraqua was. Now you mentioned and, that. Yeah, you know what? Uh, a week before, as I, as I said, uh, you know, Ian, uh, who uh, Ian Reston, who's the head professional, um, was basically very concerned about making sure the golf course was in great shape, and you know, um, it was going to be, you know, a good setup. The kids would feel welcome, and you know, right from the barbecue meal, and with the, you know, they had a freezer outside with all ice cream in there for all the kids and stuff. Like, I mean, they did their best to make it a great championship and a great finish. And I heard nothing but positive comments um, from the kids, from the parents. You know how fortunate they were to be there. Um, you know, it, it was just first class all the way. And and you know, obviously, I'll, I'll make mention of, of Kevin in here. The the tournament is named after. Um, longtime golf pro who, uh, you know, taught at, at Cataraqua and really focused on junior programs, and unfortunately passed away a few years ago now, and he would have been proud to see it. And I, I, I mentioned that to a few people, just, um, the smiles on the faces, the kids, um, it, it's always neat for me. I love going out. I got to meet more parents. I got to meet more kids. I got to re, uh, you know, chat with a few other kids that I talked to early in the year. Uh, and it was right from neat little stories from, you know, one young kid, uh, Maverick, who uh, he'd played with the exact same golf ball every tournament this year. Exact same. This little wow. TP5 with a pizza marking on it. As his dad said, he, you know, he probably has no idea what brand it is, but there's a pizza on it. So um, that's what's big for him. But he doesn't use it for any rounds outside of, of uh, you know, tournament play. And uh, yeah, he's going to have to retire it after this season. You'll see his name here coming up uh, when we talk about winners and things like that. So uh, pretty cool to see just some great little swings. Uh, lots of parents asking for nice advice, um, polite kids as well. Um, I, I can't even tell you how many people came up afterwards and were, you know, thanking Chris, thanking McLean, thanking Tyler, uh, Brad Smith, who also helps out, wasn't there, uh, thanking us for being involved. Um, you know, the kids were, you know, vying for, uh, head covers, there was head covers on the prize table. Nice. And, and when Chris gave some, uh, you know, gave them afterwards and had some extra prizes, the head covers were gone pretty quickly, but you know, it, it was neat. And just walking out of the parking lot and all of a sudden this 11 year old, you know, walks out of the clubhouse and said, Hey, Hey, thank you. Thank you for everybody. You know, everything you guys have done to sponsor. And I'm like, wow, that's really nice. cool. And just sat and talked to the kid. He was from uh, Whitby and, and then ended up talking to the parents and, um, yeah, it's just a very, very positive experience. And I can't say that always exists in, in a lot of kids sports. We're all familiar with, you know, kind of what happens in, in a variety of kids sports that, you know, there's <laughs> usually a few things that, that spoil, uh, things didn't see this at all. Uh, every time I was out on the tour this year, you know, Chris obviously knows as an educator as well, they keep everything so positive and they keep such a, a great environment where, you know, it's, it's just not about just the competition. There's competition that's there, mm-hmm. yeah. but that's not the focus. It's development. It's engaging kids. It's getting them, you know, to have a, a lifelong love of the game 
And you can see that whether the kids were six or, you know, 18, there's a few kids that aged out. Mm-hmm. Um, they were actually pretty sad there, you know, for some of them, it was their last junior tournament ever. Um, and, you know, they were, they were like, yeah, you know, they have great memories of playing on this tour. And, um, you know, Chris has run this tour now for 10 years, wow. uh, 110 events. And obviously they absorbed the previous St. Lawrence junior tour that uh, we're, we're familiar mm-hmm. with. I, I played yeah. on St. Lawrence Junior Tour in like 1987. And, you know, talking to the kids about all the great players that have come through the structure of the St. Lawrence and then progressively the Play Junior Golf Tour, um, they know how important these events are. And, and um, yeah, just just kudos to Chris and the whole team. Uh, amazing. And, and, you know, I know you've got some thoughts on that as well as far as being a partner with them and what it's meant this year. Well, definitely. Um you know, we've we've always tried to be uh, involved as much as we can uh, with uh, with junior golf, and we kind of stepped up a little bit this year. Took on a little stronger role, a little bigger role uh, with the uh, with the Flagstick.com Cup sponsorship. And um, you know, I love what Chris is doing, and anything I can do to kind of help out as much as possible with making sure that the tour continues to have success. Um, you know, we ran into a few hiccups this year, uh, that we, uh, we're trying to work through for next year. And Chris and I have already had a conversation about the possibility of, of one, um, big sort of, we'll call it a co-sanctioned junior event with, uh, the play junior golf tour and, and, uh, flagstick.com. Um, but, uh, we're going to work out some details and figure out the logistics of me pulling off something pretty big next year as oh. uh as an extra uh oh. not necessarily part of the tour but as uh but being um co-sponsored co-sanctioned with ourselves and the play junior golf tour so stay tuned for that another time but uh, yeah we uh, but winners. we had some winners we had some winners yeah. on a couple of in a couple of categories here we had both the winners you of the it. day and the winners of the flagstick.com uh, so let's run through the winners and get their names sure. out there and and then uh, see where we go yeah, so uh, event winners, and uh, we don't have all the age categories marked here, but here's all their names, and they'll obviously recognize it and applaud these kids. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, as I said, a few of them are, are now, this is their, kind of their last junior events, but uh, uh, winning at the Tour Championship, and in some cases, uh, you'll hear their names as well as the flagstick.com Cup Champions for the season, but Kerry uh, Zhao, uh, Olivia Fowler, Jack Sample, Olivia Patterson, Ethan Mackay, uh, Peyton Patterson, Jackson Murphy, Avery Gilbert Harvey, Brady Hall, Haley Dennis, uh, Bentley Klumpmaker, Nash Adamick, and Vanessa Bell were your winners at the Tour Championship. And um, the uh, the overall race to the flagstick.com cup champions yeah. included uh, Edmund Blakely, Moy McDonald, uh, Jack on Minkhorst, um, Silid, I'm going to get this wrong. <laughs> Kaylee Spare. Kaylee Spare, Everett yeah. Patterson, Leanna yeah. Sang, yep. Peyton Velkamp, which you I think he it. might have aged out. Yeah, he did. And he actually wasn't there for that. <laughs> he was actually away at a, at a scrimmage for his hockey team. Okay. So, but um, he had already locked up enough points to, to win the thing. So. Marlo Slater, Jackson Murphy, Avery Gilbert Harvey, Maverick Fowler. Yep. This was your, the uh, individual. Boy. Great last name. Um, Vanessa Bell, Jack Sample, and uh, Maeve Marshall. You got it. Yeah, great um, kids. Got to meet a bunch of them. Uh, not only this event, but others. Uh, chat to some parents. Uh, again, it was just it was a great day, and 
you know, no disrespect to going to other adult tournaments and stuff like that, but there's just a different level of joy and gratefulness. Well, and, and this is here is herein lies the, the problem that we have sometimes is we're not, uh, you know, there's not some major big office in downtown Ottawa no. where we have hundreds of reporters out covering <laughs> events. Sometimes we have to make a choice. Yeah, and do. in this case, yes, we sponsor the flagstick.com players tour as well. Yeah. Um, and we have the play junior golf tour. Now, you know, we want to be in both places at the same time, Definitely. certainly, but it's just sometimes it's not possible. And yeah. this is a thing, a time where, okay, you make a choice. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to be on site for a junior championship yeah. as opposed to, uh, a, you know, yeah. the adults. So yeah. not that we don't like the pros. We love the pros. <laughs> no. That's why we sponsored the tour. That's why we're heavily involved there, but yeah, for sure. We made a choice and, and in this case, a, a good choice this year to, yeah, it's a great day. And I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. You do a lot of things in golf and you're around golf all the time and you get a little bit jaded by it. Mm -hmm. It's going to events like this, that sort of, you know, they, they, they fill your heart a little bit. They make you feel a little bit more whole. You see these kids that, you know, you, you're going to see them for a long, long time. And, mm -hmm. and you see how they get involved with the game. And it really reminds you of the spark that, you know, you and I both had early on as far as golf is concerned and how it kind of, you know, brought a different joy to your life. And you see that happening for them. And and that's that's fun to see. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, so that's more or less a wrap on the Play Junior Golf Tour. Chris, yeah. much needed rest uh, and probably off to hockey rinks anyway. Yeah, no so <laughs> um, the... Uh, CPKC Women's <laughs> Open. Um, it's always funny now. I mean, obviously, there's a change in sponsorship, the change with the with the corporation. So we just have to get used to saying CPKC. As it's a, it's to a tougher CP. one. We'll yeah, get it. It is just a couple we'll extra couple extra letters. Okay, we'll get it. It's uh, being played at Shaughnessy Golf and yeah. Country Club in Vancouver. Um, it was supposed to be there in 2020. Mm -hmm. For obvious reasons, it was not. Yeah. Um, there are 15 Canadians in the field uh, this week. Brooke Henderson and Maddie Zirk, uh, the only regulars. The rest yeah. are Monday qualifiers or have exemptions. But that's yeah. a, that's great to see 15 yeah. Canadians yeah. playing in the uh, in yeah, the Canadian. That's, that's one of the greatest parts of of having Golf Canada and you know their their sponsor, um, you know, with uh, CBKC involved, that they get all those extra spots that they can give these kids uh, and you know young adults the experience of playing in these tournaments and you know give them the motivation to kind of move on. So um, yeah, it's great to see those those uh, those players in that field, and yeah, it's fun to watch. Now. Some interesting observations for this week. Yes. Um, Brooke Henderson, yep. who is obviously, you know, I guess technically the favorite Canadian to do well. Oh, by she far, always yeah. seems to do well at the uh, CPKC. 13-time LPJ winner, of course. She's um, going to be the favorite. Now, she's wearing glasses. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you know why. Sure. He's wearing yeah. glasses. Um, it's a, it's something different. I mean, even my yeah. wife who saw the news, uh, she was doing a press conference. She had glasses on. She goes, mm -hmm. does she always wear glasses? I'm like, well, she does. She does off the golf course and away from the golf course. That's something that she always does, but she hasn't worn them on the course. And mm -hmm. I think she began to realize that it was certainly impeding her. Um, you know, she practiced with them this week and seemed comfortable with it. Um, I mean, one of the things that she struggles with is she, she couldn't see, like she's making, trying to make these long pots and she'd get, 
Brittany, her, her sister who caddies for her, you know, posting, putting the flag in the hole and that's to help her vision. Well, vision's super, super important as far as the ability to have touch and feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so yes, she's, she's taking a little bit of a gamble this week, trying it out and seems to like it so far based on her comments. Uh, when she met the media uh, earlier this week, and you you can go up on flagstick.com. We've got a, a story I did up there uh, based on her press conference with the media early in the week. And, and she talks about uh, wearing the glasses and a few other things. Uh, some definitely some comments about that, but uh, I think she's uh, she knows there's some things that she needs to do, which we're going to get to in a minute here. Uh, and then, you know what, <laughs> why wouldn't you wear your glasses? I mean, if you're just doing it from a, an aesthetic standpoint of not wearing them, that's a bad idea when it's something that, well, it's your livelihood. And, and, yeah. and, and I it, guess and it the thing is your function. I guess the thing with Brooke is the one thing that people always seem to knock her about is, mm. is the lack the of putting. short game and yeah. in particular her putting. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can attribute a lot of things to poor putting, a poor short game. But if this, if this is something that she's been kind of, I won't say struggling with, because if mm-hmm. she's aware of it, she's aware of it. You're not struggling, you know. If it, you're struggling, but you're not really struggling with something that you know is a problem. If you just don't deal with the problem, I mean, if she's dealing with the problem and this is actually something that's improving yep. her ability to see lines um you know see shots better read mm-hmm. pots whatever the case may be then mm-hmm. then you, you should be is, doing this stuff it's like <laughs> yeah you know vision, vision is massive i mean we don't realize uh how much it ties into what we do with our brains when we're we're training ourselves for golfing especially from from uh, a putting aspect of it it's really a big connection as far as you know how to create your feels and to create what's going to happen as far as how much effort you're going to put into a stroke to get a golf ball you know close to the hole and Mm -hmm. you know if you start to look at your long distance putts and you're having an issue um judging the speed well that's generally how players you know average players for an example you know that's how they three putt they, yeah. they they three putt because they don't get the ball close enough to the hole. It, it's not uh, you know it's usually not because of line from the from the distance. But yeah, I mean there's a lot of visual things that I know as a golf coach that I work on players training all the time to be able to see line properly, especially on a short putts. There's a lot of different things involved with that, and uh, yeah, uh, kudos to her for for tackling that and gonna need it this week. I mean it's a tough tough golf course. Um, you know, this has hosted a few, uh, RBC Canadian opens and, you know, the last time it was held here, Sean O'Hare won it in a playoff. He was only at four under mm-hmm. in 2011. So this is, this is going to be a big test this week, 6,700 yards. So it's, you know, kind of in the length of a major, um, tight tree line golf course. And, and that's going to put a lot of demands on these players and you've got to look for every advantage you can. So Kudos to Brooke, and and hopefully we'll see how that works out. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, that that is huge, and it is kind of more of a major, major, major championship golf course and golf course setup. Yeah, um, I mean, I I don't know how they're setting it up compared to uh, for the for the LPGA compared to how they did for the uh, RBC Canadian Open in 2011. If it'll be similar, if the rough is a little shorter. Yeah, uh, or what have you? I guess it depends well, on the weather leading yeah, into it too. So. I mean, it's obviously it's Vancouver, so I mean you're going to have lush grass as it is. I mean, you, you know, the trees are the trees; they're only bigger <laughs> than they were in 2011. Yeah. Uh, and these are tight, tree-lined fairways. Obviously, she's had success in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, winning in in Portland, winning at Sahali. 
uh, Northern California. So, you know, four of her 13 wins have come on tight tree line golf courses. Uh, but she knows, and she mentioned it, that, you know, she cannot be uh, as aggressive this week. Um, she needs to really be, you know, great with her shot making. And she was grinding hard on that this week. And, you know, there's a reason why if we start to dig into her stats, um, you know, everybody, like you said, a lot of people will target her putting, but um, this year it's, it's been more of her ball striking, like her, her total, uh, you know, T to green um, is not been great as far as strokes gained uh, her approaches to the green. She's dropped significantly um, like approaches into the green from 2022 to 2023. She's dropped from 13th to 68th. And yeah. if you're not hitting the greens, that and means the putting becomes, yeah, yeah, putting becomes more critical as far as up and downs. And, you know, it's not that, again, we're not talking about a, you know, a bus season here. We're talking about somebody who won already this year. Yeah. Had a second at the uh, Amundi Avion, but, you know, she also had four missed cuts, which is not her, mm -hmm. you know, that's not her style of game. She hasn't missed a lot of cuts in her career and she's, you know, just in, that's in 17 events she played this year. Um, but, but, you know, she characterized it as an up and down year, rightly so. And, and she missed the, she missed the cut at the IG women's open, which, you know, is only her second missed cut in like 45 majors, um, which, you know, sounds ridiculous to be critical of, but she, she notices that it, it's not what she wants. She wants, you know, she's used to being consistently in the top tens all the time, mm -hmm. not making the cuts and then all of a sudden being T49. Um, so yeah, she's definitely got to clean up those irons um, a, a good bit for sure. Um, I wonder sometimes too, as she, as she gets older, if some of the things that she was, I mean, older, she, she's yeah. by, by no 25. means is she, is she old, but <laughs> 20, I wonder in if, a couple if weeks here. some of the things that she was able to do when she was 18, mm -hmm. um, you know, or 16 or sure. 17, yeah. if she's able yeah. to do the same things with respect to her swing and, mm -hmm. and things like that, if some things have changed, sure. um, they always change. that, that change. She's, every athlete changes, right? And I wonder if that may have something to do with the ball striking side of things, uh, you know, maybe some equipment differences or something like yeah. that. Uh, I mean, anything's possible, obviously. Yeah, and, uh, and and those are the things people have to realize that, you know, like you said, the athlete that you are at 18, you're a different person by the time you're 25. So it's it's recognizing those and adapting and and adapting it towards what you can do. You can't necessarily do what you did physically, mm -hmm. but there's ways to get the results that you need. But you've got to be willing to to work with your team and kind of figure that out. And don't assume that just because what is, is always going to be, um, that's just, that's the reality of it. So you know, I think that she's starting to make some adaptions change is, is good. I think that she's, you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to overstep my bounds here and my knowledge of, of, as a swing coach and things like that, I'm not a swing coach. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. but I have to think, and, and this is just one person's opinion. I have to think that if she worked with um a true swing coach like if mm, she really yeah. worked with i know i know her dad works with yeah, her, her coach. coach and and yeah. that's fine but there's different no issues, but coach there's lots of different ways to coach you know and not and not all the top players on the planet are working with with high-end swing coaches but i think yeah. if you take a look the majority of the ones that are consistently winning or mm. finishing in the top tens week after week after week they work mm. with coaches putting coaches short game coaches right. swing coaches yep. now i Bio get early on all sorts of different things early yeah. on in your career you're not bringing in a lot of prize money 
you know, no. it's tougher to just go willy nilly out and start hiring people to help yeah. you with your game. But this is your livelihood. Right. This is this is what you want to do. You want to be the best in the world. Yeah. If that's the plan, you have the money. Yeah. Yeah. Why not yeah. just why not just take a, a year or two and try to try a different approach yeah. and mm-hmm. see if that approach helps lead to some consistency? Yeah, I think I think the thing here is that usually as people go on and they're having success, um, you know, I always use the term fail upward, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that you're failing, you're still doing well, but there may be things that you could do to be better. And it doesn't matter what it is, business or otherwise, um, sports, you name it. But the thing is, if you're having all the success, you it's very easy to ignore that. Yeah. So what has to happen though, is that when you're maybe not having the results that you want, which is kind of where maybe she's at right now, or hearing that, you know, her have those discussions and, and talk about those things or whatever, maybe she's kind of looking at that a little bit harder and she's looking for some other little pieces and stuff like that. So does it mean a wholesale change no. in her game? No, not necessarily, but you know, obviously when we see things like, you know, the glasses coming out and her talking about that stuff, that's important. You know, mm-hmm. you hear players reflecting. I mean, Victor Hovland, who just won, was talking about, you know, self-reflection and and, and, and having a look at, you know, what you need to do to be better. So, um, you know, proud of her for doing that. And yeah, maybe she needs to dig a little bit on that. Again, it, it's not a wholesale change. It doesn't necessarily have to be. There's a lot of times things are just little. But uh, yeah, it'll be good to see this week. Um, as you said, 50, 15 Canadians in the field. Yeah. Um, be fun to see. Maddie Zarek, uh, a fun little aside for her, uh, her sister Ellie, who is a part of the national team program. She is uh, at SMU now. She's a senior. She got an exemption, and the two of them are playing together. Nice. They got paired together. Maybe not uh, nice. I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're, they're, a bit of a sibling rivalry. Yeah, guess, they're right? super excited. Well, it makes it a lot easier for their parents and relatives and whatever to follow. That's for sure. Uh, and her mom, Ellen, is, is fabulous. And she, you know, watch, watch the girls very closely at many events or whatever. So that's kind of a cool aside. Uh, a lot of young Canadians and things that are in there as well. Uh, Luna Lou got through the Monday. She's only 16. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be fun just like every year. And, and they should have a very successful tournament out there. It's nice to have it back in Vancouver. It hasn't yes, been there definitely. since 2015. And uh, they've got a great field, nine of the top 10 in the world. And uh, it's also a big week. Uh, it's the last week of qualifying for the U.S. Solheim Cup team. So um, this will determine a bunch of things. And then a European team as well does uh, does their picks. Um, so they've announced their picks already. And, but yeah, this will be, be setting up what's going to happen for the Solheim Cup. So, uh, so a big week, a big week for Canada, a big week for the LPJ Tour, and a big week for a lot of Canadians playing out there in Vancouver. There you go. So tune in. I'm sure that you'll be able to find it on TV somewhere. Oh, yeah. And uh, tune in. Have a look. I know you'll enjoy watching them at least play the golf course. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a stunning golf course. Um, All right. Uh, We're going to wrap things up on the front nine by uh, heading out to the Lesson T. And um, we're going to uh, see what Kevin and Jake, they're back this week. Kevin and Jake Hamer back this week. We're talking about uh, not ever three putting again, hmm. so that's certainly something of interest. So let's uh, let's head out on to the lesson T, uh, which is obviously presented by the Kevin Hame Golf School. It's always the right time to play better. Whether you need private lessons, a better short game, some putting help, or even some custom club fitting, visit kevinhame.com and remember that better golf 
is a lot more fun. All right, let's head out to the lesson tee and see what Kevin and Jake have for us this week. Happy Tip Tuesday, golfers. Today we're helping you out on how to avoid three putts. Jake, bring it up here. Let's see a good 40-footer. So there's a golf pro putting a 40-foot putt. Hello. That a boy. Good job. Okay, so a lot of people come to us, Jake, and they think, well, I can't read greens. That's why I'm so bad and I miss so many putts. But we set this grid up for our camps and clinics. And this grid is four feet wide on either side of the cup and six feet deep. And this pattern we have here is very difficult, right? I mean, we see people coming up 10 feet short, hitting it too far. Easily, yeah. Yeah, and if you look at the pattern, and these are not Jake's putts, by the way, but if you look at this pattern, you'll see that every putt is within two or three feet from side to side. So we can avoid three putts if we can make those three footers. Uh, but what happens with people is they leave the ball deadly short or super long, and then they three putt. So why do they do that? Give us a couple of ideas on how we can become better lag putters, which is really the secret to avoiding the three putting. Yeah, I think people have two main issues. Number one, you struggle to hit the middle of the face consistently because people tend to move around too much as the putter get, putts get longer. Yeah, you know, they want to hit it harder. And, and really, just a longer stroke will innately give you a little more movement. Yeah. My favorite drill for that, Jake, just quickly, Place one hand on your abdomen and practice putting with one arm. And it can be either arm, but it just really gives you a sense of having a quiet body. And you're right, if your body stays quiet and your putter swings with just the arms, you'll hit the sweet spot more times than not, which transfers the same amount of energy into the ball every single time. Yeah, when you hit a different part of the face, the ball will get a different amount of energy, as you just said, so it'll roll a different length. So that is the first step to having good distance control. The second step to having good distance control is keeping a consistent tempo from putt to putt to putt. And having that consistent tempo means the only real variable for how long the putt's gonna roll is how long my swing is, which is much easier to control. Yeah, every, I mean, there's so many gyroscopes now and tempo testers, and it's basically two parts backswing to one part into the golf ball. So two to one rhythm. And you want that on a four footer, a 10 footer, or the 40-footer you just putted. You always want the same rhythm. If you can stay still and hit the sweet spot every time, and you can control your rhythm every single time, you'll become a, a lot better lag putter for sure. For sure, and the other thing to say, everybody, I mean, obviously that putt went in, there's a little luck to that in a 40-footer, but when you're hitting putts the right distance, you are giving yourself the best chance to have them go in as well, because if the ball's going the right distance to the hole, if you do happen to get that read right, the putt will drop. So. It well, and if you don't, Jake, the most you'll probably misread a putt by is two to three feet, which yeah, is a big misread, and you'll still end up making the second putt and avoiding that three putt. So. Which is why this is still an excellent putt, everybody. That's going to go in, and it's a really good management of my pace from that far away. There it is, golfers. Stop focusing so much on your green reading and start focusing more on staying still to make solid impact and having great rhythm to your putt at any length, and you'll become a better putter. go there you go no more three putts figure no it out putts. watch right. the video or listen whichever um and if you're still not sure give uh, kevin or jake uh, a call out at the kevin Haim golf center and uh, see if you can't slide in for a little short game putting lesson there and yep. get rid of the three putts all right we have to take a break 
Um, as we jump out to break, I just want to remind everybody about the Flagstick Two Ball Championship, which is to is supposed to be happening September 9th and tenth at Brockville Country Club. Um, we really need some more teams. Um, yeah. we do not want to cancel this event. It's the last thing that we want to do uh, because it's a great event. And um, but we need. I'm going to say we probably need about six or eight more teams uh, to really have a viable field to make it uh, another special uh, weekend this year. So get over to flagstick.com, click on events, click on flagstick two ball championship and uh, get your partner together and (laughs) register ASAP. Um, We're going to close off entries as of Sunday and make a decision if we have enough entries to hold the event or not. Um, So enter. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Back nine, talking about the Tour Championship and a little game of over-under. Stay with us on the Flagstick Podcast. Adidas introduces the Ultimate 365 Tour Heat Apparel and ZG23 Vent Footwear to help golfers handle the heat this season. Both the ZG23 Vent and Ultimate 365 Tour Apparel are available now on adidas.ca, the Adidas app, and selected retailers worldwide. Well, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod. And uh, we've rounded the turn, of course. We're uh, heading on out to the back nine. Back nine presented this week by Castleview Golf Club. Only a short 25-minute drive from Ottawa. This 18-hole layout is renowned for its superb conditions and unsurpassed service, making it a must-play in the Capital Region. 5, 10, and 20-round packages are still available. Visit castleview.com for more information. Okay, Scott. Yeah. I guess we'll get into a little Tour Championship talk as the PGA Tour winds down and uh, enters into uh, the the weirdest round of golf <laughs> weirdest tournament handicap golf i on just professional tours okay so here's the thing yeah here's the thing um i'm not going to complain about it because at the end of the day somehow they have to have an to, advantage it seems to something. balance out and yeah and the golf the tournament seems to be good and the guy that's got the two-shot lead to start the the tournament but potentially has a seven or eight shot lead over the guy in ten. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Um it seems to work out somehow, but I don't I don't particularly like it. Um yeah. I don't like the idea that the guy that wins the tour championship wins the FedEx Cup. I I don't see well, how you play to simplify it. Right? You play all year long. Now I yeah. don't like the old way where the guy could win the FedEx Cup before the tour championship even happens, but that said, I still think that there's a format that would allow this whole thing to play itself out where you play for the FedEx Cup in the regular season. It's like it's like NHL teams playing for the President's Trophy. Right. You play the whole regular season to win the President's Trophy. Right. The but, points. You play in the events. Who, you play your who best. Who cares about the President's Trophy? Well, but the thing That's is. the problem. Well, I would care if, if Scotty Scheffler plays really well all year long which he has obviously and and is the is is at this point going into the top uh top 70 yeah he's the leading point guy he's the he's the man right boom now the playoffs start so he wins the fedex cup that's my he wins the fedex cup yeah he's the leading point getter he should have by the final event on the tour should be a multi multi multi-point event and you know whatever and whatever he wins the fedex cup he played the best all year long he's rewarded for that right at the when it comes right down to it he plays the best all year long Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. leading into the last three events of the season. Yeah. Which are the playoff events. He he yeah. he plays the best all year long. And to me, he's not rewarded for it. Mm. Because at the end of the day, he may have the most points going into the the um the the first event of the playoffs, but when he gets to the end, he could be someone else could be ahead of him going into the tour championship. So I feel like it should be you play the points to get into the top 70. Okay. So once you're in the top 70, the last event happens, you're in the top 70, the leading point getter, there's some kind of, you know, FedEx Cup, maybe 5 million for the FedEx Cup winner, the regular season winner. And another 5 million is the bonus for the winner of the tour championship. But the top 70 get into the, the first playoff event. Mm-hmm. Okay. They play the first playoff event and the top 50 mm-hmm. from that first playoff event move on. Mm-hmm. Not yes. points. The yeah. top 50 in that first event move on. That's the playoff. You, you, you finish outside the top 50 in that first playoff event. Mm-hmm. You finish outside of it. You're out. You're gone. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many points you have. Your points are done. The points got you there. The number of points you got got you to the top 70. Now you got to play your way to the final. There's mm-hmm. no more points. Mm-hmm. You play the top 50. Then after that event, the top 30 move on to the Tour Championship from that previous event, so the BMW. So they they play the top 30, move on to the – and they get to play for the big $5 million bonus purse and the, the Tour Championship mm-hmm. and – and, th- and that's and that's here's, the playoffs, and that's the, the Stanley Cup. There you go. You, you know what I mean? The, here's the separation. All right, Stanley Cup <clears throat> players play. One, do you think about for the Stanley Cup? They talk about the Stanley Cup. Yes. They don't talk about the bonuses that the players get. You may hear okay. that afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not the focus. It's to win the cup, right? Okay, that's a big thing. Of course, Stanley Cup is not sponsored by anyone. The issue here is that we're talking about the difference between rewarding just play, which is what you would actually be doing, which is Mm -hmm. totally fine, and rewarding the sponsor, (laughs) which brings in the business aspect of it. Okay. So that's what I mean. But that's what I mean. Okay. I got the solution. That's what's happening here is the whole idea is to satisfy the sponsor who's I got it, putting up I got a $75 it. million dollar pool. Yep, I got it. Okay. Got because it. if you do, you're the only one in the world. I got it figured out. Okay. All season long, they play for the Commissioner's Cup. Oh, God. Okay. Presented by FedEx. Okay. Commissioner's okay. Cup. Listen, they play for the... They, I'm listening. They play for the Commissioner's Cup. Presented by FedEx. Yep. At the end of the regular season, the leading point getter mm-hmm. same as in any sport the leading mm-hmm. point getter uh team or player commissioner's cup they're awarded the commissioner's cup and there's a huge payout bonus for winning the being the leading point getter at the end of the regular season okay right. top 70 in fedex cup points which is what you're ultimately playing for okay they get into the playoffs they make the playoffs the top the top teams, top players get into the playoffs and then they play their way down 70, 50, 30. And at the end of the thing, the tour championship, 
the winner of the tour championship wins the tour championship and is and gets to hoist the FedEx Cup and the $10 million or $9 million bonus. Why can't it be like that? They're still playing for it, but they the, the points don't get you any bonus yeah. when it gets to that final event. But the problem is they're after the most spectacular nut to chase possible. But that would be the most spectacular nut. Seeing 30 guys tip it up given, at even already, par. You've already given away the other side. Hey, I'm not but it's saying... A small, it's a smaller nominal I'm not saying there's thing. other solutions. Yeah, but they're already playing for for $20 million in some of those other events anyway. So they are know, getting $3 million. Like, dollars. So I, that's I want, what I mean. There's I so... want the excitement of knowing that, okay, the top 30 guys get in. Yeah. And I want to know that that Ricky Fowler, who's sitting in 49th or whatever, or 20, yeah. or, you know, it's not 49th, top 30, 24th, yeah. at two under par, yeah. has even a snowball's chance in hell of, make, of, of beating Scotty Scheffler, who's starting the tournament 10 under. Yeah, and I mean the the percentage. I mean, Rory is pretty much the one of the only guys that's you know that came back to 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 win from you know way back before or whatever. You've um, got one guy who's got to play extraordinary well, and Scotty Scheffler's got to crap the bed. Sure, but I which mean, is what happened? He putted like crap and and didn't win, and Rory the, played amazing. Yeah, I mean the thing is, once you start watching it and they stop explaining it, you just look at the scoreboard anyways. I mean the idea is here I get is it. Just to give the top player an advantage for what they've earned. Um, hey, in the end, the, the I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if you ask the players, they, they got what they got. They're happy to get in to the playoffs. I mean, Sepp Straka, you know, is guaranteed $500,000. He's guaranteed a spot in three of the four majors. Um, is he worried that he starts 10 back from Scotty Scheffler? He starts 10 back from Scotty Scheffler every week. <laughs> you know, in essence, uh, you know, no disrespect to Seb Straka, but um, I mean, the way Scotty Scheffler is playing this year, you know, that what an that, odd way to think about it, McLeod. I, but hey, there's so many ways to think about it. And I, I don't think there's a perfect solution. And I, I think what they've tried to do is they tried to streamline it so that the average fan you know, and what that was a complication before is that they'd be playing like, okay, well, who's going to win the FedEx and, but who's going to win the tour championship. And we don't know. And if this, and there's, there's too much math for the average consumer. Oh, I agree with and, that and, part and of it. To me, the tour championship that. winner yeah. is the FedEx cup winner. It's the right. Stanley so cup the, champion is the one who wins. So the this, tour championship. this is the way to simplify it, have everything be the same. Is it odd? Yes, it's odd, but you know, it, it's. A I just want to see them That's when it. they get to the playoffs. I want to see the 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 guys that play well in the first event move on to the second event. I don't want to see the guys that play well in the first event who started too far back to begin yeah. with that yeah. don't have a chance to get to the but second you, but event. But you're thinking also the of the mentality of oh, we had a we had a a, a crappy regular season that was just enough to get in the playoffs and then let's go and then they get rewarded just for the playoffs where yes. what's they're trying to do here with the PGA tour is they're still trying to reward the great play all season long so yeah. uh in their mind then it isn't the playoffs well that's that's just, the whole it's point. just an extension Again, of the regular season it's not the playoffs so don't call point. it the playoffs but that's the point the whole point is to to reward for them is to reward the sponsor the tv viewers as far as ratings and and things because they want to make sure that the player that has been playing well all year all of a sudden doesn't get way down i mean think yeah, about if that. i remember correctly a, a while back when they had four playoff events mm-hmm. 
Um, there was guys missing certain events because they already had enough points to get Correct. to the tour championship. Yeah. And yeah. to me, that's so there's yeah. your playoff. It's not yeah. the playoffs if you can skip a series I know, but and still get to the finals. But that's like, in a utopian world where you're not trying to satisfy all the sponsors. So, I mean, think I about guess that. I live in a utopian world. Well, I mean, you're you're after a, something that's more pure and rewarding, yes. rewarding that sort of thing versus, you know, the NHL playoffs where, you know, the President's Cup winning team all of a sudden gets eliminated in the first round. They're I'd trying love, to. I'd love to see that. I know, but the sponsor putting up seventy-five million dollars for the FedEx Stanley Cup wouldn't. <laughs> Anyhow, let's get to this week and and what's going to happen. Obviously, as you mentioned, uh, you know Scotty Scheffler starts with a, a ten-stroke advantage over the five players that are kind of at the bottom. We have two Canadians uh, in the top 30, Nick Taylor is making his debut in the tour championship. Uh, he gets to, uh, start in there. Uh, where is he at? 22nd and Corey Connors is at 19. Uh, so Nick is starting at one under Corey is starting at two. And as I said, the player that is at the bottom here is guaranteed 500,000. They get access to at least three of the majors, uh, PJ Championship, realistically, they are going to get in there. They're going to get in all the big events. <laughs> Don't be bitter. Don't be sad. Um, but the winner here is going to get $18 million. And, and on the other side of it, they get to play Eastlake. We get to watch Eastlake. It's 30 players. So, um, you know, you know the coverage is going to be tuned in on some of the best players in the world. Who's your favorite? Who are you watching to, who are you watching to win? One, who's your dark horse? Who's your favorite? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to pick a favorite. I okay, mean, my I dark so. horse, my dark horse is Ricky Fowler. Okay, all right. Um, so, based so Ricky, on how he has been playing, so Ricky this is year. obviously going in at uh, three under par. He's starting in fourteenth, so he's long make way up, back. He's going to make up seven shots, but seven shots in four rounds is not a lot. Um, who do I think is going to win? Yeah. Um, my gut is telling me that uh, it's probably going to be Rory. Hmm, okay, so you think um, Rory's going to win his fourth FedEx? Cup. I think I think Rory's probably going to win. I don't think Scheffler's going to putt particularly well this week. Okay, and I think that that's going to uh, cause him to slide down yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah, but I think it's going to Rory. I think won I, last week if obviously Victor hadn't shot you know twenty eight on the back nine and and yes. Scotty you know missed a few putts critically. Well, Scotty uh, Scheffler is Mister Consistent. Like I mean, yeah. if you oh, want gosh. a guy who can who can basically draw. Draw a circle perfect every time. Yeah. Yeah. Freehand. He's the guy. He's the guy that can draw a perfect circle every time yeah. freehand. So think um, about this. If Scotty Scheffler wins this week, his PGA Tour money for the year will be at $39 million. He's already at $21 million. So, which is insane when you think about it as far as the year that he's had and playing in the big event. So, but yeah, Rory obviously won it uh, in 2022. Um, 2019 and 2016, he's trying to be the first player to win it back-to-back -back seasons and comes in number three at uh, three back at seven under. Yeah, uh, and what about you? What are you thinking? I I'm right there with you, actually. I mean, there's a difference, obviously, who you think is going to win and, and who you want to win. I don't know if uh, Lucas Glover is going to keep his momentum. There's a guy, obviously, you know, he's kind of ran up the leaderboard in, in the playoffs. Uh, Victor Hovland... He's hot. Whether that's going to stick with it, I don't know. I love what he's done this year, especially with his short game, working with Joe Mayo. Uh, he's definitely transformed that part of his game. He's already a killer ball striker. He only starts two strokes back. 
Um, you, you got to stick, I think, in those top kind of three players just from a lead standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's but, you know, Dark Horse, um, keep an eye for Xander. He's at three under. Yeah. Um, you know, had some success here. Fleetwood showing a little bit of spark as well. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick showing some spark. Um, I could be totally wrong here. I, don't, I haven't seen a lot out of John Rahm of late, so I'm not expecting big things out of him at six under. Um, and, you know, I think you can, you know, the guys that are at the bottom of the list. I think you it's can a lot. It's a lot of ground to make up. Yeah, it's a lot of ground to make up. And, you know, while I have it's not just of... about the strokes at that point, it's about the number of people you have to pass. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. It's yeah. bodies that you have to jump over. So, you know, it would be remarkable if Corey or, or Nick could finish in the top 10, uh, which obviously would have huge rewards yes. uh, to it. But, uh, you know, again, the fact they're there always, already has big rewards to it. So I think you can't go too far past the top 15 for sure. Well, I don't feel that East Lake is the type of golf course that's going to have that's going to yield someone coming in this week and putting up four rounds of like sixty four. No, like no, I just no, don't. No, I don't. No, and no, and that's yeah. essentially if you're down in that thirty to say thirty to fifteen spot, yeah, you're pretty much going to have to be in the mid sixties every single round, yeah, uh, to to catch up to the leaders yeah, and par, hope that par, they're not it's going. It's a par seventy golf course, and you know it's obviously super long. They got a lot of heat to deal with this week. It's going to be nearing a hundred uh, almost every day. Um, certainly, you know it's a great test for these players, but you, you're, you're not going to push it over. You're right. No, but if you, be... now if you can go out and throw a sixty-five or a sixty-four in the first round somehow, mm, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna jump up pretty quick. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. But what's everybody in front of you going to do? And that's where the number yeah. of bodies in front of you start to come into play. Is like how I can't leapfrog all these guys if they're going to play. If I shoot five under and they shoot three under, I haven't really gained that much ground. No, I need them to shoot even. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, realistically, that's, that's not going to happen. No, I mean, you realistically have, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's the thing. You can play as well as you possibly can, um, but without the strokes, you could still end up being behind. But, you know, some players, like you say, you know, Rory's done and he's made up a big gap before. He's he's one of the players that has made up a, a big gap. Um, you're just going to be have to be spot on, um, you know, and, and like you say, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Victor Hovland, obviously both played well last week. Uh, I think Fitzy finished tied for second. Hovland got the win. They've got some momentum, uh, but obviously Hovland's a little bit better positioned at, at eight under. And, and you're right. I think it's going to come down. You know, there's no cut here. But no. It's going to come down to that start of whether you believe you can do it. Because you got to think, if you if it comes down to Saturday and, and Sunday and you're, you're 10 back, you're probably not thinking in your mind that not only if, uh, do I need to make up 10 strokes, I got to have that player move backwards or stay still. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the conditions are ripe enough that you can throw up five under a day, chances are the guys ahead of you are, are not going backwards yeah. as well. Because they're I, not I crappy golfers ahead of you. That's why no, they're ahead of you in the first place. These are not guys that are going to be shooting 78s. No. <laughs> Let's just say that. So, um, yeah. yeah, but it, it'll be fun to watch. I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely have it on. Uh, be definitely be paying attention to it and uh, you know good luck to the Canadians there as well I mean that's good to see two of them in there that's yep. that's, uh, that's that's great for 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 everything for sure now obviously the results of the tour championship are going to have significant ramifications on the uh, selections for the Ryder Cup team particularly for yep. the U.S. but for both sides uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the uh, with some of those uh, 
uh, guaranteed picks. spots yeah, and yeah, the yeah, captain's yeah. picks. Um, yes, for sure. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, and we'll get into that next week after where you know the selections are made and and you know kind of breaking some of those down. But yeah. that will definitely be the storyline this week. You'll hear them talking about that on TV. Is you know where where does this put these players? Um, you know, in in those selection process, because you got to remember, there's players here that are not playing this week that are possible captain mm-hmm. picks. But I will say, if we look and we talk about what we have done this week, uh, Justin Thomas is already committed to the Fortnite uh, in uh, California. So I don't know if that tells you something or not. He wouldn't have to commit until the mm. Friday. So maybe he knows something already of the fact that he's not going to Italy. Or he, maybe he's just throwing up a smoke screen. It's hard. It's hard to tell. But yeah, he wouldn't have to commit that till the Friday before. But he has already. Um, so that sort of tells me that maybe uh, maybe a call has been made. But yeah, who knows? I gotta think that with with Justin and, and I know that uh, Zach Johnson and Justin Thomas are are very 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 good friends. Sure. Uh, so that's going to be a tough one for for Zach Johnson to to not pick but i got to think that in the best interest of the us team that justin mm-hmm. thomas is not really the best pick this year experience aside he's been there and i get that experience does play a factor in a lot yeah. of this but you know uh case in point you know having somebody like ian polter um on a ryder cup team even when he's not playing well during the regular season that's a that that guy is a competitor it's kind of like yeah. sergio garcia but I mean, you know you can um, but the thing is are you judging what you need to have done now based on the past right it's you hard know, to need, say you, you need know? players to get it done now so that'd be interesting to see how that comes out one if he's not picked did you know i mean he said he wants to be on that team but is he realistically for himself thinking okay maybe it's not the best that I'm not on this team. And maybe he's made a phone call already to Zach Johnson and said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go play in this other event. And, and, you know, I'm not going to be on the team. It would hard to, it would be hard to think that a player would do that. They would bury their ego enough, enough to do that. Um, But if they truly don't think they're on and they want the best interest for the team, then you know it's no different than a player saying, "Hey, put me on the bench. I'm not ready to go." Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, after they no. go out and play or whatever. So, um, if he thinks he's good enough, then obviously he's going to keep his name in the hat. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see how that plays out. And hey, you know, Sol Solheim and Ryder Cup same year. It's always fun to watch. So. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, enjoy the Tour Championship, everybody. Yeah. Uh, should be exciting to see uh, um, if somebody can. Uh, can jump from <laughs> the middle spotting. of the pack and make up some mm-hmm. strokes that they never, uh, anyway, never took <laughs> or lost. Not, not, not my, love the event. Don't yeah. like the format, but yeah, until well, I can come up with a better way of doing it, then I'm just going to stop complaining. Yeah. We're maybe all spin, we're all just spinning our wheels because as you said, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. Some of the format changes that, you know, you're proposing there totally makes sense relative to other sports the purity of actually what's happening but in the end it's a business game and and uh you know yep. as we've seen already with the pga tour they're having to do a lot of different things to satisfy the business side of things that are not necessarily the, the best decisions for their sport mm-hmm. but they have to do what they have to do i want to say something too going. scott about the 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 and then we want to do your over under thing because sure. it seems cool but i just want to say this and and it's maybe a topic for a discussion in another another podcast another show but there's been a lot of stuff in 
I, I see kicking up in social media and whatnot because you know that's what we do. Um, about when it came to what Live Golf did to force the PGA Tour to find money that they apparently never had to begin with to start throwing money at all these players and stuff like that. The one thing I want to say about about stuff like that is when you run a business, sometimes your competitor forces you to go down a road that you would not normally have wanted to go down because it sure. was not the best business model. Just yep. because there might be sponsors that you can go after sure. or event ideas or mm -hmm. different payment structures that you might be considering for the future mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you jump all over that because maybe at the time it's not the right thing to do. Um, I think PGA Tour players make a, a fairly decent living, the ones that are on the tour. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, a very decent living. I don't think there's too many of them that are on the tour that are really struggling that much financially. No, um, but, they have to, but they have to earn it. And that's the thing with professional golf has always been. You have to earn that. Mm -hmm. You have to earn it. You have to go out and perform week after week after week consistently to get the big sponsorships, to get the notoriety, to get the wins, the top tens, and the big money. Yeah. Um, but all the while they're out there playing and getting their top 10s and their top 20s. You look at a guy that finishes in the top 25 on a regular basis, he's probably pulling down close to a million or more a year. Oh, yeah, by far. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, but that's a pretty decent living. Why does it have to be $100 million? Just because the PGA Tour might be able to go out and solidify another $200 million in sponsorships so they can right. pay these guys another million or $2 million a year. Why does it have to be that way? That's my point. So just yeah. because you see these things about, oh, well, Liv did this to make the PGA Tour find apparently find money that was never there, the money probably wasn't there. And they had to go out and get it. But I don't know the inner workings of that. But just because even if it was there, it doesn't mean they have to give it to somebody. Mm -hmm. That's my point. Okay. Yep. No, fair enough. Scotty Mac. Yes, sir. Let's talk over under. What is this? <laughs> what is this over under? So, well, it's your thing. So yeah, we used to do, I've done a couple of different shows, things, places, do things, overrated, underrated, broody, bogey, all sorts of different things. You hear things on radio shows, podcasts, stuff like that all the time. I basically picked out some different things in golf that are maybe some people like, or they don't like. This is just our chance to say, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Do we like it? Not like it? It doesn't mean... It doesn't mean it should be banned from the game. Yeah. It's just a point of discussion about some things that are going on. Should we on scratch off number one already? During golf? <laughs> yeah, we should, actually. So, I mean, over under par, is it good or bad? The staggered scoring at the PGA Tour Championship. Garbage. Um, get rid of it. All right. You're, you're not a fan. So, we'll no. go that. I'll, I'll jump on the other side. I think it's the... Uh, I think it's the necessary evil at this point to reward the uh, the top player in the current format that they have. They had to do something to at least reward the 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 better players and give them some advantage. Um, and unfortunately, you know, with the over, they had to simplify some things. And under the current format, this is probably the easiest way to do that. So uh, I'll go under par for that. You'll go over par for that, obviously. Yes. All right, uh, custom golf shafts. And when I mean this, I don't mean custom fitted, right? I mean colors I, and all that. What I mean is colors, you know, uh, people do stuff that, you know, they've got reflective uh, colors on it, putting names on it, whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I'm I'm, I'm saying, what do you think over yeah, under? Yeah, under me, par. I say under par. I think that's uh, yeah. maybe because I have shafts shocks in one set of my irons that has uh has a laser engraved nickname on yeah, them so yeah ah, i think uh customize your stuff yeah i think so too i mean yeah. I, i'm of the the 
I'm of the mind that basically, you know, you're paying a lot of money for this stuff, you know, show off your personality, do whatever you want. Um, I don't think it's there to, it, it's for you. Right. Mm -hmm. I think if you're doing it for other people, that's a different scenario. I don't know why you would no. uh, to draw attention to yourself or, or whatever, but uh, you know, if you're just doing it to re reflect what you want, Hey, it's no different than, you know, having different colors or something on your skates or something like that or whatever, oh, it's you, sure. different colored laces or whatever. So it, it's your, your call. So uh, under par for me, um, Bluetooth speakers for the golf <laughs> course. I knew this. I knew I'm this go, one okay. would, would get, this is let me, let me, let me, sure. let me go um, even par. All right. Okay. Nice. I am okay with the Bluetooth speakers playing within your group. Yeah. Um, if you want to do that, like, uh, yep. you know, particularly, obviously not tournament golf and they wouldn't allow no. it anyway, but just in casual golf out there. If you can hear it within your group, uh, here's yep. the point. If I hear it mm -hmm. and I'm not in your group mm -hmm. and don't happen to be standing on the tee next to you when you're teeing off or, you know, whatever, if yep. I can hear it, then no, turn yep. the crap off. Um, but if I'm, the thing that I don't like, and this actually happened to me very recently, and it bothered me. I'm on the tee, getting ready to hit my shot. A group drives up in their carts, okay, which is already a bother a bother to begin with if you drive your cart up onto the tee when there's another group there. But if you can't see them, whatever. Yeah. Um, blaring the music as they're driving up, mm. you know, distracts. You know, you go to swing. It's distracting. Do you hit it bad? Do you hit it good? Most of the time, I couldn't give a crap anyway. But no, turn the music off. And if you don't know, then turn the music off. Don't just drive up to a T, mm -hmm. let alone drive up to the T blaring music. Second thing, if you're if you're on the green or whatever and you got your music blaring and mm -hmm. I can hear it in my group, no, mm -hmm. turn it down. It doesn't need to be that loud. Mm -hmm. If it's a fun little charity golf tournament kind of thing, have at it. Mm -hmm. You know, blare it all you want. I could care less. That, yeah. that's kind of what those things are all about anyway yeah but... i'm kind of on the same vein i mean i don't mind as far as having fun or whatever but you know if you're doing anything that ruins other people's experience yes. then i'm very cognizant of that um to the point of you know i've got one guy that you know plays at my golf club and he always has music which is totally again totally fine but he always makes sure he turns it down when he's near other tees he also ask people right at the start i play this kind of music do you mind this kind of music and he also asked the people especially if it's a you know a group do you mind yeah right from the start and if you do mind he doesn't play it he foregoes that for the sake of making sure that the round is fine for everyone else and not being selfish and just assuming that it's totally fine he asks and that's the polite thing to do there you go. All okay. right, let's get going here through the list. Uh, we're kind of getting up against the clock here. Uh, golf commentators in general. Give or take. Some of them I like, some of them I don't. Um, I mean, no, you, so you let's need... go. Let's go. Let's go for the majority. Yes or no, as far as under par. Um, I'd say, I'd say under par. Most of them are, most of them I like. Um, there's just a few that I could, I could probably mute. Which obviously I'm watching TV, so yeah, and a lot of times, honestly, a lot of times I watch golf on TV and mm -hmm. and I don't have the volume on. 
I just okay. watch it. I really sure. there's really nothing. Frankly, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I maybe, should be, maybe, maybe I should be over par on this. Frankly, I don't need par. to listen to them. Yeah. There's nothing that they say that's of any interest to me yep. while a round of golf is going on. And I'm, yeah. and I'm watching, I'm watching the golf shots. The yeah. players aren't talking. Caddies yeah. aren't talking. Yep. So yeah, and you I, could do, I could do without them, but I, I, you kind of yeah. have to have them. It's, I, I think maybe you're in a different situation than other people that are not ex, as experienced in the game. They kind of, they're looking for it to help them sort of know what's going on or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, I think for me, I mean, uh, some of the analysts that are chosen, are, are chosen because their names or whatever they don't necessarily aren't the best analysts i think it's changed um, a lot too G gary mccord was awesome he was entertaining uh, yeah uh johnny miller was brutally honest uh yeah. you know and he's and and but then he became one of the ones that i'd like i, I like to listen to the least because he became almost too brutally honest yeah you well know. here's here's the thing i don't mind if a commentator knows what they're doing from a lane standpoint if mm -hmm. they're there just entertaining and making comments and telling stories that's perfectly fine but if an, if they're an analyst they better know what they're talking about yeah. from a technical level so unfortunately sure. that gets merged a little bit sometimes uh and that's when things become trouble this is a great chance to educate people and give them some really great information and really get them better at the game um so a majority for me are over par and yeah i could i could mute it and i'd be perfectly fine so there you go all right golf courses posting stimp rating so stimp rating obviously people don't know uh it's basically a measurement of the speed in feet uh that the greens are the particular day some golf courses actually post them uh you know whether it's a bragging thing or they're just trying to show that you know what they are or make people aware do you like the do you like the policy or of, of courses I and mean, not a lot of courses do it yeah no but. i would say um for me i'm gonna say i'm gonna say over par on that one uh okay. but if you want to do it um i would just say post uh slow medium fast or something like that hmm, like I interesting mean, real yeah. realistically the actual number means very little to most mean. people yeah uh, so you know, I, i'd agree with that you know, most people say if you say today's greens are fast yeah then that's yeah. probably or you I mean, know if you really if you really want to help yeah. people yeah. just make sure your putting green is the same speed as the greens on the golf course Fair and you don't yeah. need to post anything yeah i think the term unfortunately you know people don't really have a true measurement of what a nine no. is or a 13 is and you hear a lot of exaggeration so it probably doesn't mean as much maybe it means more to their social media ratings if it's really yeah. high and they post stuff so uh, i don't think it's really necessary unless a player technically kind of knows it and as you said as long as the practice screen is running the same then then away you go yeah so, for sure uh golf cart use by those with non-medical needs so in other words do you like carts or not carts oh i'm okay with carts yeah okay. i mean and, and i think as i get a, i mean i'm a little a little older now i've got you know mm -hmm. a few um joint ailments mm -hmm. um you know some golf courses i can't walk anymore like they mm -hmm. can't comfortably walk some weeks it's, mm -hmm. it's hit and miss so okay no i'm i'm okay with that yeah, I think it's an essential part of the business. I prefer to walk when I can, but I also understand that's a revenue source for golf sure. courses. And, you know, a lot of people might not play if they didn't have the opportunity to, yeah. to use a cart. And yeah. I think, you know, in the, in the, uh, you know, in trying to be as inclusive as possible, I think that's important. So, for sure. All right, golf hats using short names in big block letters, which has been a trend that we see where all of a sudden it's like, uh, you know, whatever uh it's the p or well yeah or you know you see the, the they'll just drop all the vowels from it and you know 
uh, you know, I don't know, let's see if all of a sudden, instead of Metcalf, they said calf, you know, on it or whatever. You just see them all over the place now. Um, all sorts of different things. I don't uh, care. It's, it, a marketing, it's, a it's a marketing thing. I mean, yeah. I probably, if I had a name that could be shortened to something, I mean, we, we put the, the little flag. Yeah, uh, but a logo is different. A logo is different. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, if I, if I, half the letters had, on you know, them, so. if I had to, if it was a slang thing to say, you know, the yeah. stick as opposed yeah. to flag stick, I'd, yeah. I'd probably do it. So I don't, I don't care. Whatever. Okay. It's marketing. Yeah, I, I just think I just think it's a trend. I think it's I think it was fun to start with, but I think it's maybe overdone. Now, yeah, it's so kind of it is overdone, but I don't so really I'll just give it an over par. All right, okay. four left here. Uh, using a a T on a par three. Sure, like it's, it. It's a T. It's a T deck. I mean, it shouldn't matter if it's a par three or a par four or par five. If you want to use a T, use a T. Well, balls on the ground. That's the difference between it and other type of T deck. So it's a depends whether well yeah but a par a par three is a t deck it's it's still sure. i mean if the if if you're allowed to use it on a par four or par five then go ahead and use it on a par three i don't i don't i mean the teeing off is exactly that it's teeing off it gives you a distinct advantage to have a perfect lie off the tee mm -hmm. whereas once you're in the fairway then you have to deal with whatever lie you get so teeing mm -hmm. the teeing ground is always it's always been that we even back when they used a you know a little tiny bit of dirt Mm -hmm. to to tip it up you still sure. you're still teeing it so i i don't have a yeah. problem with the tee yeah i i for me personally it depends on the shot that you're, you're trying to hit yeah players have to understand that obviously it changes the strike puts it up the face it makes it a little bit more you know i hit it better but you know if a player wants to be consistent with what they do in the fairway then yeah you know what i i i'd, I'd prefer if they uh with an iron yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'd prefer if they just they just stuck with it. But in some sure. situations, if it gives you the confidence or you need to do it, then then go ahead. So I, I'm a little bit neutral on that. All right. Old school yardage books. Obviously, there's a lot of GPS, a lot of different things these days. Um, these are not as in fashion as they used to be. You can't go into many pro shops and all of a sudden pick up a yardage book. But is that an over par decision or an under par decision? You're getting up against time here to go through yep. it detailed, but. Um, yeah, just give it a quick one. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with the artish books. Yeah, I, I don't like the, the green. Books. I don't like the green reading part of it, but you yeah, know, on no, some of the newer school, stuff. But old school yardage, just an old school yardage book. Yeah, why not? Yeah. All right, we'll go one last one here. I'll eliminate the the one that we've got in there. We use another week. Uh, plastic tees. I don't know. I mean, they they're more durable, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm not a fan. I think they bend. You know, there's other options. I now. like wooden I mean, tees. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, but I'm a traditionalist at heart. I don't like yeah. the all the brush tees and the yeah, yeah, yeah. the wedge Again, tees and all that crap thing, gimmicky right? stuff. It's a tee is a tee is a tee. Yeah, nice old use, wooden tee. I use bamboo ones, which actually have some flexibility to them, but you know, act more like a wooden tee. So, all right, thanks for that. That was that was fun. We'll that was try fun. Again. Yeah, we'll try it again another time with some other uh, other things. All right. Yes, indeed. Thank. Uh, it's a good a good show. Yeah, that was fun. Um, again this week. Um, obviously, we want to thank everybody for listening, but thank you to our sponsors, Metcalf Golf Club, Castleview Golf Club, uh, Kevin Heem Golf Center, our presenting sponsor this week, Adidas, uh, introducing the Ultimate 365 Tour Heat Apparel and ZG23 Vent Footwear to help golfers handle the heat this season. Um, the collection features a mix of silhouettes for men and women made with heat-ready and no-show technology to keep golfers cool and dry so they can perform their very best. Both the ZG23 Vent and Ultimate 365 Tour Apparel are available now on adidas.ca, the Adidas app, and at selected retailers worldwide. 
Uh, hopefully you have been enjoying uh, what you're hearing and watching. Be sure to follow us across all social media networks, Instagram X, formerly Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us and click the notification bell to make sure that you never miss a single episode. Get over to flagstick.com for more amazing golf content delivered every single day. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Until next week, I am Jeff Botter. And I'm Scott McLeod. Always remember, go for the stick. Yeah.